time again for another show of The Coaching Perspective, the only show that takes a look at business from a different perspective. The Coaching Perspective with Doug DeFeller. Hey, Doug. Hey, I love your new intro. Uh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Wing Valley. Here we've got Mark got little... the Shark. we got the famous Mark the Shark here, and I screwed up. You really did. Well, look, welcome. <laughs> Welcome to today's episode of the Coaching Perspective Radio Show, and I'm your host, Doug DeFeller, and our guest for today is Mark Thiessen, and we're going to be talking about making ride hails safe for women. I'm a master certified coach by the International Coach Federation, and I've been coaching leaders and their teams for 21 years, helping them to clarify their objectives and reach their goals. So if you'd like to know more about my coaching services, just go to the website, thecoachingperspective.com. Well, look, let me give you a little teaser about what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're, the business is C. Jane Go. I love that name, Mark. I want to hear all about that. It's a women driving women ride hail service that offers a secure alternative to existing ride hail services. And the company is placing women in the driver's seat of the ride hail industry by providing a same-sex atmosphere and eliminating the bar- barriers of fear and safety in working for or using a ride hail service. C. Jane Go was conceived by Savannah Jordan and her father during a protective father moment. Savannah wanted the option to use or drive for a ride hail company, but both she and her father were very uncomfortable with it. During that conversation, Savannah made a passing comment about women driving women ride hail option, and the idea of C. Jane Go was born. Well, we're going to get into that in a minute, but uh, Mark, welcome to the Coaching Perspective Radio Show. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you for having me. Oh, hey, uh, you have a fascinating background, and uh, I'm going to read your bio only if you don't tell us all about it yourself. But uh, come on, tell us a little bit about what you did. You have a fascinating background. So, uh, well, I've been a serial entrepreneur for the last 23 years, so uh, CJ and Go for me is the seventh startup company that I've been part of. Wow. And, um, you know, mostly all around the software space. Um, probably the most successful startup was a company called Data Allegro, which was actually in Aliso Viejo, and uh, we sold it to Microsoft in 2008 for $275 million. Sounds successful. So that was, good, that, that, was good, that was a good exit, and actually, uh, notoriety on it is it was the last deal that Bill Gates actually signed off as a board member for Microsoft. Oh, wow. So... Um, so that was that was a really good thing. You know, most of the companies that I've been part of, uh, they're owned by a lot of other companies now. So companies like Oracle and IBM and Microsoft, um, you know, generally tend to be the acquirers. Um, so, you know, it's been a lot of fun. I love the cowboy days uh, in terms of, you know, developing something new and really going for it. And uh, and CJ and Go is, is really an exciting opportunity. Well, when you say you're a serial entrepreneur, what is the role that you typically play? Are, are you the the genius idea guy that, you know, you've thought up what the idea is, or are you the guy that uh, arrives with a big bag of cash, or what's the role you play? You know, I think I've played every role by this point. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I think the thing about startups that makes them so fun is that you get to wear so many different hats, Yeah. right? So, you know, one day I'm marketing, one day I'm business development, next day I'm engineering. Uh, and I like that. I like being able to change the roles, and you know, and being able to add the value, right? Um, so, you know, sometimes it's collaborative. Sometimes you come up with an idea. Sometimes you're taking someone else's idea and running with it. So in this case with CJ and Go, um, not my idea, but I've really 
come on board and, and really have you know stepped up and and uh, am running with the team on uh, delivering a a real quality company. Okay, great. Just and again, I, I don't mean to distract you from what we're really here to talk about, but I, I do want the audience to you know get an idea of who you are and what is what is unique about a startup. I mean, when you when you know you're starting a new company and you know that this isn't the company that you're starting to work in until you're old and gray, you're right. building it to get rid of it. How does that drive a company differently? Oh well, I mean it's 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 a different mentality. It's a it's a different culture. Um, there's no politics. There's no backstabbing. There's very few policies. Very few procedures. Um, and that means there's a lot you can get done in a short amount of time. Sounds like heaven. <laughs> uh, so so you know a startup you know is is a hard charging, fast running company where you know. Typically, people are the type of people that want to do multiple things. They don't want to do just one thing. They want to be able to get involved in a lot of things, and they want to be um, what they're doing. They want it to be very meaningful. They want to have an impact on where the company is going and what's going to happen. Um, so it's a different type of player. It's not a place that you can hide and you know behind a desk and nobody notices you for ten years because yeah. you're noticed every day for what you do and what you don't do. Um, so, you know, the, the challenge, of course, with startups is you have very limited funding. So being able to do a lot with a little is, is a real challenge, right? And being able to prove yourself each day so that you can earn that investment dollar down the road and earn the trust of your customers. Now, you know, I always heard for years that the riskiest business to go into was restaurants, that the turnover, the fatality rate in restaurants was higher than anything else. But what about startups? Well, I mean, you know, I think statistically people will tell you one in 20 will succeed, right? Okay. Um, So I think depending on the type of startup, those those odds can change, right? So, um, and it also depends on what you call success, right? So, um, I like to see success as something where we're returning a, a, a nice multiple for the initial seed investors. Um, and that's that's really what success is, because if they're making a good return, then everybody above them made a good return as well. All right. So let's talk about CJ and Go. Okay. How, how did you get introduced to it? Well, I was uh, I got involved in I started actually in January, and so Cassandra Miller is our COO, and I know her from UCI and the MBA alumni program that they have, and we'd spoke and we had some good conversations, and she knew that I'd been involved with startups and asked me about you know if I was interested in maybe being an advisor uh, for the company, and we discussed that, and then we met a couple times, and. The more she talked and the more I learned about it and the more I talked to other women about it, the more excited I got about the opportunity in see Jane Go. And, you know, to the point where I just kind of looked at her at our last meeting and I said, you know, why don't I just roll up my sleeves and, <laughs> and really step in here on a full-time basis and, 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 you know, work with you side by side and let's make this thing go. And uh, and so since January, I've been involved on a full-time basis with the company. And um, it, it's really exciting to be part of something that is not just a software company, but something that's socially relevant. And, and I believe the service that we're creating uh, is something that's really needed in the market. And I believe um, 
that it's needed really throughout the United States, and I hope that C.J. Go is the company that's going to deliver that. Okay. So give us a thumbnail sketch, because... Uh, We've been kind of talking about it, but you and I both know what it is. What is Sea Jane Go? What makes it unique in ride hail? Yeah, so Sea Jane Go is a ride hailing service, right? So you can think of it kind of like Uber or Lyft, but it's only for women. So it's for women drivers and women passengers. And yes, a man can ride in a Jane car, but the paying passenger is going to be a woman. Okay. okay. So, um, so that's our big. Uh, you know, we're focused on this niche market, which is the women's market. Uh, and I, I think that's a really underserved market. So there's a, there's a lot of women today um, that don't participate in ride shares. Um, they don't use Uber. They don't use Lyft. And why? Uh, well, they don't use them because they don't feel safe. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, I, you know, I remember telling my daughter when she was little, one of the first lessons, right, is you don't get into a car with a strange man that you don't know. <laughs> right? right. And, Stranger danger, yes. <laughs> right. And, and so, and here we are. Women are taking Ubers and things, and they're getting in cars with strange men that they don't know. And we see a lot of things happening in the press. Um I mean, there's, you know, just recently, just two days ago, right, there was a, a Uber driver that was arrested in Los Angeles um, for sexual assault. In April in Santa Ana, here in Orange County, another driver was arrested for sexual assault. Um, so, so, so bad things happen, and, um, and, and that's really unfortunate. So, you know, women exclude themselves from that, and what C.J. Go really offers is an opportunity for women to participate. Um, in the ride share business and in the sharing economy or the gig economy, right? Mm -hmm. And um, their ability to participate both as a rider and a driver. And, I mean, even, it's an interesting fact, 50% of our drivers do not drive for Uber or Lyft. These are net new drivers to the market. These are people who had otherwise said, no, I'm not going to drive. But now with something like CJ and Go, uh, they feel comfortable and safer, um, and and they're willing now to be drivers uh, for something like CJ and Co. So when a when a woman gets in a car with a CJ driver, mm-hmm. what uh, what does she know about what uh, the driver? What kind of screening? What have you done that would make her feel safe other than same sex? Yeah. So so I mean. Same sex is a big part. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, just just a couple little stats there. I mean, 98% of all violence that occurs in a ride-hail vehicle, okay, um, whether to the driver or to the passenger, is by a man to a woman. Of course. Right? Yeah. So a woman is 17 times more likely to encounter violence in a ride-hail than a man. Okay, so our screening process, um, you know, there there are multiple levels to the screening process in terms of drivers, and I will even say that not all Lyft or Uber drivers that apply to us um, pass our screening process, and okay. and and so you know there are background checks, there's criminal checks, there's DMV and driving record checks, um, there's there's credit checks there's there's a number of checks that we do plus their vehicles are inspected so we have vehicle inspections they have to meet our our vehicle requirements and um and you know we have a pretty regular communication with them as well so uh we do take the feedback um from customers quite seriously 
and you know anything that's not right, um, we always follow up on. Okay, and and the communication is all cell phone. <clears throat> right. So our app is is available both on Google Play and on uh, the the Apple App Store. Right. Okay. So we're on both formats there, and and fundamentally, it's 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 like any other app. You download it and you use it, and it's like an Uber app. So you can hail a ride. Um, and it'll tell you your closest driver is four minutes away. It'll tell you it's 12 minutes away. Um, I mean, we are not the size of Uber, so we don't have the kind of coverage they do. So our wait times can vary. Um, the other part of that is, though, that we also, from your app, you can schedule a ride. So, yeah. And that's what we would call a pre-scheduled ride. And um, those have become actually quite popular. Um, women... Uh, like to plan ahead, and they like to know that you know the car is going to be there when they want it. And so, uh, pre-scheduled rides have worked quite well, um, and they all, they also work well when somebody wants to schedule a ride for someone else. So we actually have a teenagers program, and that teenagers program you know is for parents who can't be everywhere all the time. And it's summertime now, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and so people have, you know, daughters that need to go to soccer practice or they need to go to golf lessons or whatever that, wherever it is they need to go, um, they can schedule a Jane and have them taken there. Now, if I wanted to schedule for my granddaughters, mm-hmm. uh, as a male, am I allowed to use the app to uh, use my credit card, uh, reserve, or you know how do right. how do you so, go about that so so generally it's a woman that's going to make the reservation for the granddaughter okay okay because there there's a different route that we take when it's a male that's hailing the ride um but you know generally uh so the mother grandmother whoever would schedule that ride and um they would just give the information on who the rider is and where the pickup is, and then we would send the confirmations to everybody involved, both the person that's doing it as well as the actual rider themselves. Okay. But as a male, would I be excluded from being able to do that, or is it just a different process to do it? It's a different process to do it. Okay. And, and you know, from a process perspective, that would probably be more of a manual process for, the do, for us to do that because mm-hmm. our system will process a male hail request differently than we would a female. So, um, and that's probably a question worth worth answering, right? Um, so, you know, from a from a male's perspective, uh, any guy can download our app. Any guy can register as a user on the app. Okay. Um, they can hail a ride with the app. We'll facilitate the ride for them. They'll pay CJ and Go pricing. Um, the driver that will show up will be a different contractor, not a CJ and Go driver. Okay. 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 Talk about discrimination. Because, you know, when I first heard about CJ and Go, <coughs> my first thought was, this is so logical. Why didn't I think of it? You know, like all great ideas. Uh, and the next one was, gee, with today's political correct laws, can you really do this? Can, can you exclude right. based customers based on sex? So, so we're not excluding the riders based on sex because we're facilitating the rides and they're paying our pricing and they're using our app. So the contractor that shows up, all our drivers are contractors, and it just happens that the contractor that shows up will be from a different customer. So we're not sending them down the road or telling them to go use another app or anything okay. like that. So there's really no discrimination there. Um, then the other question 
that comes up around discrimination is really around um you know drivers how can we only have women drivers right right and and you know that 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 it's kind of the same answer as you know how can hooters only have female waitresses <laughs> okay and how can you know women spas that only have women masseuses be able to do that right and that and that law is really called the the, the bona fide occupational qualifications rule okay and, and that allows for the hiring of individuals based on race sex age and na- nation of origin um, if these characteristics are bona fide occupational qualifications okay okay and so so this is an exception to all the other rules and regulations out there and you know I mean we definitely were very careful in checking this all out um, certainly for us to um, get our TNC operator license and everything we have to you know show that there is no discrimination so I think we've addressed that quite well actually okay great well that, yeah. that, that was a, a big question now what you do is it different from your competitors in it's different in the sense that you've got women drivers women riders is there any other difference in what you're offering yeah so I, I, I think you know well we're the first ride hail service right dedicated to women yeah so so uh, that's a big difference right and we're focused on this niche market so it's probably the most underserved um, market and uh, and it's also the largest uh, niche market within the overall ride hail industry right um, so we're focused on this niche and we and we, we we're focused on the needs of this niche in terms of women have different expectations and they actually have a higher set of expectations um, the other thing that we do is we treat our drivers as the customer so if we have happy drivers uh, we're gonna have happy customers and and there's a lot of things that we do today and there's even more things that we're doing over the next few months as we start rolling out some things that we have in plan um, but you know better splits being able to provide additional revenue streams for the drivers um, to encourage them to be our sales force out there um, giving them tools to grow their business so that they can you know like on a pre-scheduled ride if somebody likes them they can pre-schedule a ride over and over with the same driver sure and they can do that three times a week or four times a week or whatever that would be right um, you know being able to have a list of favorites so as a customer you can mark a driver as a favorite and if you hail a ride we'll go down that list of favorites first to see if they're available before we just put it out to the other uh, drivers so there's you know it, it's those types of things it's unique programs like the teen riders program um, and most importantly, and one of the most important things is is our brand and image. So you know, you said you like CJ and Go as a as a brand and, a, and as a name, and 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 it's 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 an awesome name. And and the more you say it, the more you like it. And you know, it's one of those brands. CJ and Go resonates really well across multiple age groups, right? So I mean, the 21 year old thinks it's cool. The 38-year-old thinks it's um, hip, and the 73-year-old thinks it's cute. And and they all like it, and they all identify for it. And we've created this kind of retro, sassy, fun uh, image and, and brand that goes with it. And, and, I, and I just think that's so important um, as part of what we do. 
uh, especially for you know a service that's that's reaching out to a large audience, right? Well, you know, I, I want to just interrupt uh, for a second here because your website is so attractive, mm-hmm. okay? And it does just what you were talking about. Just the the image, it's fun, it it's it's uh, almost I don't know how a website can be spontaneous, but that's the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So how do what is the website? How do people go to it? So, so yeah, our website is is www.cjango.co. So not .com, but .co. Yeah, I kept thinking I cut off the yeah. M. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes when I send people my email address, I'm like, yes, it's .co, not .com, right? Yeah. Uh, but but um, you know that's the easiest way to find. It. The easiest thing is just type in cjango in Google or Bing or right. whatever you use, and uh, and we'll pop right up. Um, but, you know, the website is there. Um, you can even register as a user there on the website. Uh, you can sign up to be a driver on the website. Um, there's a lot of information. We have separate, like, websites and pages and things for drivers for additional information and materials and, and things like that. Um, but, yeah, and, you know, and a lot of times people don't even go to the website. They hear about us and they get excited about it and the next thing you know they're searching the the google play and they find the app and they download it and oh yeah they're off to the races right when i first heard about it that's where i went to the app right and you know i'm an apple fanatic so i immediately download the app and then i go oh can i use this this is for women you know right right. (laughs) now i know the answer to that yes absolutely (laughs) so your you know ride hail is sort of the taxi cab business Mm-hmm. Pre-scheduled is sort of the limo service. So you've really broached both kinds of service businesses, and I I hadn't thought about the pre-scheduled as part of ride hail before. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting twist, right? Because um, being small like we are today, um, you know, we're operating in Orange County and Long Beach, and uh, we're small by Uber standards i guess right so i mean we have 850 drivers uh, in the markets we serve um and uh it it just seemed you know in talking to the customers and hearing what they wanted and looking at ways to reduce um wait times for rides that that scheduled rides made a lot of sense and people said they would use them and actually they do um and, and it's actually become actually quite popular um so it's it's a nice way to do things um it's kind of interesting. You kind of say limo and the ride service, and it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, based on our size right now, we haven't split out the the different types of cars. We don't have an XL or a, <laughs> or a you know black car or any of that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and we will do that down the road. I mean, right now, you it could be a Nissan Sentra that picks you up, or it could be a Tesla. Um, you never know. Uh, but um, it, it it is. Uh, in our intents, as we grow and grow the number of riders um, and drivers, that we will actually have multiple kinds. So we'll have like a plain Jane, a fancy Jane, and a Queen Jane car, or, or, or something like that. Right? The Queen Jane comes with a pumpkin and two horses. Yes, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I really like the idea of the pre schedule because. Uh, uh, I've often thought about situations where I knew, hey, I don't want to be driving home, you know. Right. Or let me reschedule it. I don't want to be stuck out there waiting for the availability of a driver. 
part. Right. And especially if you know it's going to be a busy place, yeah. and I, now I have a guy that's going to pick me up or a gal that's going to pick me up right at this point in time, and I don't have to worry about it, and everybody else is going, well, I'm paying surge pricing. Uh, so, you know, uh, a much better deal for everyone involved. Okay, you just used a term that maybe everybody doesn't know, surge pricing. Yes. You want to explain that? Uh, well, surge pricing is when you're charging a premium, and, you know, sometimes that can go up quite a bit, so... I, I've heard of competitors charging 5x, 6x surge pricing, so you know six times the, what the normal fare would be, um, and they do that in points and times where there's where their resources are impacted, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of supply and demand, if you will, and you know everybody gets out of a baseball game, and everybody wants an Uber ride or a ride hail ride, and, and the next thing you know, surge pricing's in effect. Um, pretty much throughout New Year's Eve, surge pricing is in effect, right? Um, for us, we really don't do that very often. There's very few times we do it, and New Year's Eve would be one of those times we will. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily because, you know, if we have drivers that drive for multiple services, uh, okay. we have to provide the incentive for them to make money with us as well. Um, so, so you know, to, to make sure we have enough driver availability, then we have to do some surge pricing. But we don't do it nearly as often as what a lot of the other competitors do. Just as a side, I don't know if you caught it on the news today. In England, they are talking about surge pricing in grocery stores now. <laughs> so if you shop in a grocery store during the peak, whatever they're calling the peak hours, there will be different prices that you will pay for the merchandise in the in the grocery store rather than the standard prices. Wow. So they didn't call it surge pricing, but it's surge pricing. So like on the World Cup soccer final, <laughs> your beer is going to cost more. Guacamole and <laughs> chips double. <laughs> wow. Okay, so when did C. Jane first get conceived, and when did it first hit the road in terms of operating, and where are you today? Yeah, so so the idea was, you know, was formulated in early 2016. Um, the company was put together and founded in April of 2016. Um, so William Jordan, as you mentioned, is as the founder, uh, along with his daughter Savannah. And, you know, based on the idea that they wanted to create something that was a, a safer way for women to participate in the in the ride hail industry, um, William really liked the idea, did some research and came back and said, you know, I'm going to go ahead and put the seed money into the company. Um, and so with that, he built the team, you know, to, to start working on it um, in terms of brand, image, what's the name going to be, um, what are the specs for what an app looks like uh, should we build it or buy it and all those types of questions mm-hmm. that come up um, they moved extremely fast so when you think about it I mean the company's been around now 14 months okay. uh, and and in 14 months they've gone from an idea with a blank sheet of paper um, to having built a team having uh, built a product um, launched the product in September of 2016 so kind of the minimum viable product, if you will, and uh, and put it out in the market. And so we've been refining that um, since then and adding new features and capabilities to it. Um, and so we've, we've been operating throughout Orange County, uh, Orange County being a, a great market, and then Long Beach. And now we're going to start to spread those tentacles out in, into uh, L.A., L.A. being a very big market. So 
it's something that you take on one bite at a time, <laughs> and it's over 9 million people in that market, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, heading down to San Diego and other places. And like I said, if we do really well, and our goal is to do really well and own the South, Southern California market, um, which is, like I said, 6% of the U.S. population actually over that, that means we can go anywhere uh, in this country and, and beyond. Is uh, is that the goal of the company, that, that you don't see a geographic uh, limitation? You know, I, I, I don't see a geographic limitation. I think from financial planning and business model, we're focused on North America. Um, and I think that's the, you know, we have plenty of work to do ahead of us right now. Um, that focusing on the U.S. first, um, maybe Canada, you know, spreading out a little bit in Canada. Um, that's a great place for us to be focused for the next, you know, two or three years. Um, if there's an opportunity uh, internationally, there's a lot of ways that can be done um, beyond being just a straight service provider. So, uh, I think there's a lot of ways to think through that, and I don't think we've come to any real decisions on that at this point. Okay, all right. Uh, and as far as the uh, the ownership, is the, is the company going to go public at some point? Well, you always run the the company like it's going to go public. Yeah. Um, I don't like surprises when it comes to due diligence. Um, <laughs> But um, you run the, co- the company like it's going to go public. That's the way that, that you run it. If we happen to go public um, because of wild success, then I think that's awesome. Um, a lot of times, most of my other companies, they end up getting acquired. Um, and that, you know, being acquired is uh, usually a good thing, too. Yeah. So, um, you know, and that really gets into a lot of decisions at the board level and at the investor level in terms of, you know, how long do people want to hold on? Do they want to hold on for something bigger and better maybe later, or do they want to cash out sooner, right? So um, I, I think there's multiple people involved in those types of decisions. What's the, you know, from a business standpoint, what's the level of concern that now that you've uh, exposed the idea to the public, that you've proven that the idea is financially Viable. Mm. What's the concern that uh, all of a sudden we're going to see a bunch of lookalikes and you're going to lose your edge here? You know, uh, it's harder than it looks. It's kind of, <laughs> you know, startups, you know, it's kind of like golf or something, right? Looks you, really easy. You watch a guy play golf or a gal play golf and they just wind that club back, whack that ball, and it's just beautiful. That thing sails, right? And then if you're like me, I, I can count on one hand the times I've played golf. And I never realized how hard it was to whack that ball uh, and have it go straight, let alone in the air. Um, you know, <laughs> so, so so startups are kind of the same way. It kind of looks easy, sounds easy. How hard can it be? Um, and there's a lot of work to it to make a, a startup successful. And, you know, there will be competitors. There's been some smaller people that have tried this maybe before, nobody that really launched and did anything. Uh, there recently was a... A company in um, Boston that changed their name three times, and they launched finally, I think, in April, um, just in Boston. And I think two weeks ago, their CEO was extradited to the U.S. Virgin Islands to face a court. So I don't know where that 
how that company in particular is going to do. Um, you love startups, <laughs> but but you know the stories. You can't make this stuff up, right? You know. No. So so you know there will be other competition, um, but I think they're having build building the brand and image makes it you know makes it something that makes us harder to challenge, right? And as we add product differentiation in in terms of our approach, um, how we can do things in terms of monetization of of, uh, there's a lot of things that we're not announcing yet, but we have some additional revenue streams that are going to be quite interesting, um, not only for the company but for the drivers as well. Okay. Um, and and that, those types of things are going to be hard for others to reproduce, uh, and certainly hard to reproduce quickly. You know, you're. you're a, I, I want to talk a little bit about you again here because mm-hmm. uh, I think one of the fascinating things here is uh, you're history as an entrepreneur you know with the with the millennials that we're looking at today being an entrepreneur having your own business is a much more possible much more positive much more feasible alternative than it used to be Mm -hmm. what kind of advice would you give to somebody that's looking to be an entrepreneur what what do they need as a background what should they expect yeah well I, i i think my experience has always been around um software and, and analytics and, and things like that. So I, you, you certainly want to be well-versed. You certainly want to have um, experience um, in the industry that you want to be in. Um, one of the most important things is having your family support. Um, so I remember the first startup that I got involved with, and I had been 15 years with a big company, and my wife was all freaked out, like, are we going to get paid? And, you know, you had great benefits, and why are you doing this, right? I, I've heard that, too. And, 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 you know, by the third startup, she kind of let go of that. Yeah. Because uh, we, you know, we never starved, and we still had the house, and we're doing all right, right? So, so, but support of the family and the time that you need to commit as an individual is really important, because if you don't have the support of your family, that's that's a huge problem. So beyond that, once you're into the business, I'm a big fan of the lean startup methodology. And the lean startup methodology um, is something that can really help you focus to keep things from getting out of hand. I think a lot of times people have what I would call shiny ball syndrome where they're, you know, it's kind of like that squirreling over the hedge. It's like, ooh, shiny ball, shiny ball, you know, and then it's, oh, blue balloon, blue balloon, you know, and and they're chasing just themselves in different ways and directions, and you're better off to do one thing really well. Um, And and so Lean Startup is kind of good in that that it helps you define um, what your minimum viable segment is. So what's my minimum viable market? And within that market, what is the minimum viable segment in that market? And if I can deliver a product that gives 70% of what some, or 70% of what another product does for 20% of the cost, is that good enough to get some people to use it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because now that I know that, I now know what my minimum viable product is. Um, and it's really good to explore that extensively through a lot of interviews and a lot of conversations. Um, up front because it's really easy to change things when you haven't coded anything yet and it's really hard to change things after you've done a lot of coding right right Um, so you're better off to do what we would call a lot of validation so part of the lean startup is doing a lot of validation of your business idea your hypotheses your risk factors and those types of things so I think that's really a good way to go Um, it's something that I believe in 
when you first showed me that, I probably said I probably would have said I didn't believe in it. But having lived through it a few <laughs> times, I, it's definitely it's definitely good stuff. And and then the other thing is fundraising. I mean, it's it's a necessary thing. It's a it's something you got to do. Um, you have to know your story. You have to believe in your story. You have to have passion for your story, and you have to um, you have to stick to your guns, right? Don't change your story because someone else thinks it should be different. Because what ends up happening is investors will ask you all kinds of questions. Well, can you do this and can you do that and what about this? And and it's like, well, yeah, what about this? Oh, we could do this and we could do that. And before you know it, your story's changed. Yeah. Okay. And 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 the most important thing when you're talking to a bunch of different investors is to be consistent. And stick to your story. Some people don't like it. That's fine. They're not going to invest. Other people are going to like it, and they will invest. Um, and the reality is all these investors talk to each other. And it is a it, small and, world. And if they find out you're telling different stories to different people, and you're, and you're whatever, your, your story is whichever way the wind is blowing that day, you've lost a lot of credibility. So sticking to your guns and believing in what you're doing is really important. Talk about collaboration because uh, there's a sense that uh, uh, people that haven't done this before think they have to do it all on their own. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people out there like yourself that have been through it that are available to help. In doing a startup, what, what should you look for in terms of putting together people to help you? I think cultural fit is one of the most important things. Um, you know, if, if a person is a rock star engineer and they leave a huge wake behind them when they do stuff, it's really no good for the company, right? So, I mean, culture is one of the most important things in terms of getting a group of people together that can focus on a problem and work on, on solving things. Um, so building the team is, 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 you know, I look for people. I have the luxury now, having done this a few times, I have a lot of repeat players mm -hmm. that want to, you know, work together again and, and collaborate again and work because you find different things click and work real well. Um, and, and likewise, sometimes you make mistakes and you hire people that don't work real well. And I think owning that and recognizing that and changing that as soon as possible is always is equally important. Um, but, uh, you know, from a collaboration perspective, I think everybody should have a say into what's going on. And I think there's clearly also times where once things are said and done, people need to make decisions. And as long as everyone's heard, everybody can stand by whatever decision's made. Well, look, let's get uh, – thank you very much for filling me in on that. I, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm just fascinated by you and what you've done in, in addition to see Jane go. I mean, that is, that is a big story, too. So – before we, we wind up here today, what else do you want to share with the audience that maybe you didn't get to or that, you know, we didn't spend enough time on? Yeah, I think there's, you know, we kind of bounced around on a lot of things, and, and it's kind of fun to talk about these topics, so uh, I enjoy it. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Thank and, you. And one of the things um, that we thought about, you know, getting ready to come over here and they're like oh we got to do a promo for those people who listen to oc talk radio and uh and so what we said is we'll do this we'll say you know anybody who who downloads the app from the apple uh, app store or google play and if you can enter the referral code oc talk and you do this by july 31st 
um, then we'll give you a $7 gift card that you can use on your first ride with Jane. Wonderful. Okay, so so that's something that we want to put out there for your audience, and uh, we'll be able to track that and um, just use the referral code OCTALK, um, and we'll keep that open through July 31st because I know some people will, like, listen to this on a podcast and other yeah. things. So so that'll be open for a little while. And um, in terms of getting in touch with us, we talked about the website, um, www.cjango.co. Um, and you can also follow us on, on you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, all those favorite things that, that people are using. And, you know, our handle is at uh, cjango, Inc. Okay. So, um, you know, appreciate that. Great. Well, look, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Thank you very much mm-hmm. for providing a service that, um, you know, I, I know you're, you and the, the rest of the company, you're in business to make money, but you're also providing a social service that, yeah. that is needed, that uh, uh, there's a gap out there right now. Yeah. And uh, it makes me feel better to know that I know where I can send women to get a ride and they will be safer than you might otherwise think. So, absolutely, great service. Thank you very much, and Thank you. Uh, and welcome to the Coaching Perspective Radio Show community. Thank you. Well, look, if you're uh, listening to our podcast, then thank you for visiting our website, thecoachingperspective.com. That's com, not C-O-C-O-M. Be sure to check out our archives for our other shows with some great guests. Speaking of guests, uh, we're scheduling guests all the time, so if you'd like to be on the show, you can just send me an email, doug at thecoachingperspective.com, or go to the website. There's a place on there to indicate that you'd like to either be on the newsletter or be a guest. Just fill it out, and I'll get back to you. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed the show today. Our goal, as always, is to have discussions that provide you with new ideas and information that you can put to use immediately to identify and achieve your goals. I'll be back with you again next week on July 6th, but starting July, first time in seven years, we're changing our start time. We're going to be starting at 3 p.m. from now on. So we'll look forward to you being with us an hour early. Have a great evening. You've been listening to the only show that takes a look at business from a different perspective, the coaching perspective, with Master Certified Business Coach Doug Gefeller. 